The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, T-minus 48 hours until a star-spangled NFL draft uh, in Las Vegas. I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures yet, but boy, this is going to be nuts. All right, let's let's ask. We're, We're close. Yeah. I mean, who's going number one? It was Hutchinson for a long time. Now suddenly, it yeah, was. yeah. I think it's probably there's too much smoke for me to think that it's not Trayvon Walker. Um, but I think that's a mistake. It's funny because I've been doing a bunch of stuff on like PFF with their mock draft mm-hmm. simulator, and so my Seahawks pick ninth. And there are this team needs a lot of help, but there are three edge rushers, three offensive tackles, and two cornerbacks. That would be perfect fits for them. If any of those guys fell to them, and I'm pretty sure all eight are going to go in the order where the Seahawks are not going to be able to get them. So they're going to have to pick ninth, and they're going to trade down. I think everybody knows Seattle's history with first round picks is mm-hmm. um, bad, but exactly. I'm really hope I'm really hoping somebody like Derek Stingley or Charles Cross or Icky or one of these guys falls. I'm praying oh, really? that would some, really fall to them. Yeah, yeah, I would really, really, really like somebody to overdraft a quarterback so the Seahawks can get one of these guys. That's what I was about to ask you. Because that's the thing. Not only do you need someone to overdraft a quarterback for there, but are you sure there isn't a new freshly faced quarterback being drafted at number nine for you there? No, I won't happen at nine. I'd be shocked unless they're just like super slow playing Malik Willis. Like I just can't see it. Um, But they're in the perfect position with picks 40 and 41 to take uh, a Matt Corral, a Desmond Ritter, um, a Sam Howell, if they want to take a, a big risk, because that guy looked like he was going to be the first overall pick at this point last year. Uh, what you've got a lot of picks uh, for your New York Football Giants. What do you want them to do? I mean, I want an edge rusher and I want an offensive lineman. And fortunately, oh, I think where I am yeah. at five and seven, I think I can get both of those. Now, at the same time, if that does not look like the case, I am more than happy with a smile on my face to trade down from seven. I would be yeah. perfectly content with that to get, I don't know, fall back in this draft here, pick up another first next year. I'm totally good with that. There's still a lot of a lot of pieces on both sides of the yeah. ball. We're both drafting inside the top ten. Well, yeah, you got you traded <laughs> yeah. inside of it. But like right. we're both drafting here for a reason. Like we're starting over to a certain extent. We've got a lot of holes sure. to fill. Yeah. Um, but if you tell me cross 
Um, if I walk away with Cross and Thibodeau, like if I walk away with, you know, any of these that I think there's a lot of options for me here at five and seven that I think I can walk away with an offensive lineman yeah. and rusher and be yeah. perfectly content and still have a very high pick in the second round to potentially yeah. fill in a couple other holes. So I, I like yeah. where we're at right now. I think this is a draft that hopefully should play into what the Giants are looking at, but this is also a brand new front office for us. So we don't know exactly yeah. what to expect here. I mean, the years of Hog Molly, Dave Gettleman are gone. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to expect here. I just expected bad drafting. And now we have oh. a new front office. So now I'm slightly cautiously optimistic. Before we get into that sport that they pay us to talk about. Oh, that one? I, I think this might be the worst fantasy football draft class that I've seen coming in in a long time long time like there are no, no running love backs for garrett wilson or Drake no uh, the wide receivers are okay but the problem say, is that's what i'm thinking the, of. the problem is is that these wide receivers are going to land in horrible spots mm-hmm. like you're going to see like garrett wilson might be going to the commanders which i sorry no thank you to any wide receiver playing with carson wentz no, i'm good zach wilson has done nothing for me i'm not excited about a wide receiver going to play yeah, in that pass. situation Jalen Hurts, who I really like in real life, just isn't a great fantasy quarterback that's going to produce for him. And then the Saints will probably take a wide receiver fairly high, too. That situation stinks, too. Mm-hmm. The only the only one I'll talk to, I have Chris Towers coming on the show tomorrow. Uh, Brees Hall to the Bills would be the one thing that would excite me. Everything Ooh, else would be good. Everything else is really scary to me. Look, if the Bills get a second wide receiver in this draft, he's going to go high and early. Yeah, in the drafts come there up you soon. go. Because all, all you need is just someone to go opposite Stefan Diggs, and yep. you should be money there. But like you said, we can't spend the next 45 minutes talking football as much as we'd like to. It's the NFL I mean, draft. Could. It's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> we're ready to go. All right, Roto Pat, you hear us out there? We're ready to do it. But yeah. we are going to – Hop back over onto the diamond, and we are going to talk today. We're going to buy and sell some early season storylines, some individual player stuff, some team stuff, some overall baseball stuff. We're going to be talking about some of the big stories happening in the first two weeks or so of the season and kind of say whether or not we are buying or selling it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. We did just allude. It is the NFL draft and it's NFL draft week. And we have you covered right here at NBC Sports Edge. 
Thursday night after round one, we will be live on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel following the first 32 picks in Las Vegas. Matt Strop, Warren Sharp, and Pat Doherty will be joined by rotating analysts from our Edge team to break down all of the big storylines from a fantasy and betting perspective. The show will also be available in the Bet the Edge and a Good Football Show podcast feeds on Friday morning, so make sure you don't miss it. So let's get over to buying or selling a couple of these early season storylines, and let's start off with, I think, maybe one of the most surprising things that has occurred over the first few weeks. The Colorado Rockies are good. Like, I, I don't want to say, I want to say it hard because that's like, I, I'm not sure I can put a period at the end of that, but I'm definitely putting an interesting quote, a uh, question mark at the end of it. Look, they are 10 and six in their first 16 games. The Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers, San Francisco, Colorado, and Padres all have at least 10 wins already. And the Dodgers and Giants own the top two run differentials in the majors. So Chris, I'll ask you up front here. Are you buying or selling that the rot that the NL West not the AL East, is baseball's best division. I'm going to sell it just because I still believe in that AL East so much, but I think it is getting closer. And I look at this Colorado Rockies team, and like it's not loaded with stars, but it's loaded with – and loaded is probably the wrong term to use. It has, <laughs> a bunch, it has a bunch of really good offensive players. Mm-hmm. Like C.J. Crone can really hit. Already hit six home runs this year. They've done this with Brendan Rodgers getting off to a horrible start Terrible. and Chris Chris Bryant slugging 351. Chris Bryant is not going to slug 351 in Coors Field for too much longer. Um, Randall Grichuk was a really nice pickup for them. His bat kind of just plays mm-hmm. perfect in that part. Connor Joe, one of the most underrated fantasy players, I think, in baseball right now. Uh, it's time to take him seriously because he had a really mm-hmm. nice season last year yes. as well. Um I, I still look at this pitching staff and have a lot of question marks, though. Like Jer- Her- Herman Marquez is a very good pitcher, but when your second starter is probably Chad Cool, I just don't know. But it is worth pointing out that like the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants are legit. Those are legitimate ninety to ninety-five win teams for me. And I look at the AL East, and I think there are some ninety to ninety-five win teams as well. Some real question marks about Boston right now. Like it's very early and I, you know, they surprised last year. Not pe- a lot of people were not picking Boston to do real well last year. They kind of, no. kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe a weird thing to say for a franchise like that. But so I still think the depth is better there. It's kind of interesting that both divisions have four really interesting options and then just absolute <laughs> garbage. At and then the cannon fodder at the end yeah, of it. Cannon yeah. fodder is the nice way to put it. Instead <laughs> of my, instead of my usual 10 pounds of, you know what, in a five pound yeah. bag, we'll call them cabinet fodder. But uh, I, I still go with the AL East, but the NL West, I think is pretty darn clearly with all due respect to the NL East, the second best division in baseball right now. I think I might be buying this. And I, mm. I, I think maybe I'm, I might, have fallen in love with this Rockies offense a little bit more than I thought I would two weeks ago. Sure. You're absolutely right. After Marquez, it is a whole skew of question marks behind them. But what is what is more Rockies than like one kind of good pitcher that kind of is truly his best <laughs> up there, and then like a whole bunch of like, well, we need to eat innings. Right. So I, I mean, I. So all of that being said, though, I think the Rockies offense 
with how bad the National League Central is, I think just in general overall, I, I, I don't find a whole lot of fun coming out of that that middle one. I think the NL East has kind of played a little down so far this year. I think the Mets are doing a really nice job, but out elsewhere, not a whole lot going on there. I think there is an opportunity for two wildcard teams to come out of the West. I think there's equally as good an opportunity for two teams to come out of the East or three teams. I should say both of those. I'm talking wildcard clearly, but with Boston struggling as much as they are, I know that offense is great, but like you said, last year we walked into that season saying like, I don't know if Boston's going to be very good because they don't have the pitching. And then they went to a wildcard and, and, and an ALCS, but I, I still don't think that they've solved the pitching problem here. And obviously Chris sale being on the IL as long as he is, and we're going to have to see what he is coming off of it. The pitching right. staff has been one of the worst pitching staffs, bullpen included one of the worst pitching staffs in baseball so far this year, a negative 10 run differential through 17 games. I'm not really buying Boston so far this year. They have not shown me really anything that's making me genuinely interested outside of like individual fantasy players on their offense. But mm. I mean, Garrett Whitlock is their best pitcher right now. Yeah, I, 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 He's their best pitcher right now, and he's their best fantasy pitcher too on top of that, the way that he's just eating up innings after Waka. But I, I, I just don't think – I'm buying the NL West as the best division in baseball. Give me the Dodgers, Padres, Giants, and again, the Giants, kudos to them because they continue to, to punch above their weight or at least what we view them at, which right. is so insulting to them because we are just continuing to insult. But – I think the NL West has now nudged with the Rockies has now nudged ahead of the East. I could be wrong, but I'm buying it right now. Yeah. So I I don't think that you're crazy for saying it. It's just to me, like if you're just going team by team and what, what not, what not, I still think Boston, if you were going to ask me which team was going to do better between Boston and Colorado, I have to go with Boston. Um, Agreed. But, but when it, I but here, those other divisions, yeah. I strictly respond to that only in yeah. the idea. Like, yeah. We want to do the sure. season saying, okay, the American yeah. League East might get four teams in the postseason. Right. Like now if you yeah. ask me which of those two divisions might get four, all mm-hmm. right, maybe the Rockies might sneak in uh, the NL just because I don't yeah. love the wild card of the NL right now. No, I, I will say that I think the Phillies will start playing better. Yeah. Um, I Agreed. think Atlanta – Atlanta getting Ronald Acuna back probably very soon is going to be great. He looks stop stop manipulating his service time, Braves. I think he's ready. To, <laughs> I think he's ready to go. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting. It's it's definitely a more interesting case than I thought we could make on April 26th at 5.42 p.m. Pacific Yeah, time. kudos to the Rockies. I got plenty of friends out in the Denver area. I can't wait to go visit Such a them great this city. summer and hang out. Such um, a great city. Our, such a great city and a great ballpark, too. Hang out mm-hmm. in Upper Deck, right field sometime, guys. It's a blast. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to our next one. Uh, Jack Peterson, early front runner for most surprising fantasy player out there with three home runs in his last two games, six already on the season, and having taken over the leadoff spot in San Francisco. Chris, are you buying or selling that Jack Peterson, who, by the way, was ranked in the 80s in most lists of outfielder lists, yeah. is Jack Peterson now a top 30 outfielder the rest of the season? I say no, but it's not crazy. Like, he's close to me. Like, I would guess top 40 or something like that. I love him hitting at the top of that lineup. I me think too. that's a great spot for him. You've seen teams kind of get like Daniel Vogelbach has been hitting lead off at times for the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is just your grandpa is just shaking his fist somewhere. So hard. Somebody, yeah. I was thinking the other day somewhere Ricky Henderson is just throwing yeah. something at a wall. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And except 
you know, like everybody forgets that the reason Ricky Henderson was such a great leadoff hitter was because he got on pace so much. But usually you want that guy with speed at the top of the lineup, yada, yada, yada. Baseball has changed. You're, everyone's going to be okay. <laughs> Man, I'm just staring at the Savant page. And yes, I was going to bring it up. Thank you. To say he's earned these results, like he is at the very top of baseball right now in expected slugging percentage. He is in the 99th percentile in expected batting average, and he's at the very very top of baseball and it expected weighted on base average hard hit percentage 99th percentile. So I guess my question mark here is Jock Peterson. Obviously he cannot hit 362, 392, 787 for a full season. That's the most right. obvious point that you can possibly make. My concern with Jock Peterson is not going to be just that the numbers are going to fall. He's never been able to really hold his own against left-handed pitching. And I think that's what's ultimately going to hurt him from becoming a top 25, top 30 outfielder. It's just because of the fact that I think he's going to get not as much quality playing time against those type of guys. It's similar to what I think the Mariners are going to have to do with Jesse Winker is the fact that you have to either move that guy down in the lineup, which hurts his run production, or just not have him in the lineup at all. So you basically have to just destroy the pitching that you're facing because you're going to have a, a smaller sample size than a lot of guys who play against or play well against both, both sides of the arm. I, I like Jock Peterson a lot. I thought that that home run against Milwaukee where he let some fans know uh, how he felt about what was going on was terrific. Uh, very, very fun player, but I'll go with maybe like a top 40 to top 50 outfielder over a guy that is a like guaranteed outfielder too on 12 man roster leagues. I agree with you wholeheartedly here. I, I don't want to look his baseball savant page is just the brightest of reds. Like it's he so alluded stupid. to, I mean, you didn't mention 99th in barrel percentage, 89th in whip yeah. percentage. I mean, yeah. uh, 99th in average exit velocity. Like all of these are just elite elite. Now, like you said, though, his batting average against left-handers has never been particularly great. He's always had a lot of swing and miss in his game. So yeah. while I am not I am not ready to throw him into top 30 yet because I just have a feeling like a cold streak's coming kind of soon. You know what I mean? Right. That being said, um, and also, if we want to talk about a fantasy perspective, has one stolen base this year, not a big stolen base guy. So he's not going to no. help you much on the bases either. And if you're going to talk about getting moving from a top – 90 outfielder to a top 30 outfielder legs are probably <laughs> going to have to be a play here. If his batting average is going to drop as we expect it to just based on the back of his batting uh, of his baseball card. So, right. I think he is more of a top 40 outfielder right now. That being said, if you were fortunate enough to have Jock Peterson, if there are someone else in your league that is looking for this, then maybe agrees, thinks otherwise, uh, yeah. a phenomenal sell high piece right now. Absolutely. I mean, even if he gives you 80% from here on out, I still think he was a great pickup or a great draft spot, but there is a chance that he could end up being 60% of what this is right now. And you can sell that for 90%. So yeah. if you if you have him on your roster and someone out there just lost Eloy Jimenez and is looking yep. for an outfielder for a little bit, sure. Jack Peterson might be a perfect spot to go hit him up on. So take a peek yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, just to illustrate that point, he's already had 14 games against right-handed pitchers. He has all of three plate appearances against left-handed pitching. So that is just, that's the way it's going to go. He has a 1.214 OPS against right-handers, which is right. really helping that cost. That's just, that's just not sustainable. But it's not like Jock Peterson 
hasn't had success in this league. I think he can exactly. still be a 30 hover guy who scores a bunch of runs sitting at the top of a very underrated lineup. It's just I don't think he's going to get enough playing time against left-handers to justify calling him a top 25 to 30 outfielder. Yep. Uh, let's stick in the National League, and let's stick in the National League West here. As uh, coming off his NL Player of the Week title, where, by the way, he hit 304, 304, 870 with three homers, two doubles, a triple, and seven ribbies. Cody Bellinger is officially back and can be trusted moving forward. Are you buying it or selling it? This is so hard because this was one of the hard ones for me too. I want to, I want to say a hundred percent. Yes. Mostly because of the fact that everybody overreacted to that spring training. Stop, stop paying attention to spring training for veterans. It means nothing. Well, Cody hold on, Bellinger- hold on. To, to give people a little bit of kudos, there, that wasn't a bad spring training. That was, I was struggling to make contact with a baseball spring training. And it I, wasn't like he's coming off of a, a good season where you're like, all right, dude, don't worry about it. He's coming off of like two bad seasons, horrific seasons in a row. So It means nothing. Spring training is just a chance to get your undergoing with your okay. golf. You're trying to improve your scratch game more than you're trying. It just <laughs> doesn't matter. It matters for young players because you're getting a chance to see them usually against veterans and a chance to prove themselves and see how the lineup works for a guy like Cody Bellinger, who has won a flipping most valuable player award. Spring training means bubkiss. Having said that. Yeah. You buying or selling there, kid. I still have a little bit of concern here because (laughs) of the fact that he is striking out an awful lot. His K percentage is in the bottom 8%. His width percentage is in the bottom 30%. Having said that, and having said that, his hard hit percentage is among the best in baseball, and so is his expected batting average and his expected slugging percentage all well above average. So I don't think we're going to see the Cody Bellinger that we saw in 2018, 2019. Though I think those years, which is so weird to say for somebody who's all of 26 26. years old. But I think that this 254, 313, 542 slash – I'm always fascinated by seeing guys with a stat line early in the year that looks like what could be their stat line Mm -hmm. when the season comes to an end. I think that's about what you're going to get. And that's very good, especially if he's running. He's already stolen three bases. Mm -hmm. So my answer is yes, but if you're expecting him to jump up into that Cody Bellinger guaranteed first round pick slash line, I think you're going to come away disappointed because there's always going to be ups and downs because of the strikeout percentage right now. Yeah. I I think if we're doing the, is Cody Bellinger back to his MVP level that I'm selling that every single day. Like I'm selling that until he proves it otherwise. Like he needs to do it for more than a week for me to suddenly believe like, Oh, 2021 didn't exist, but I am still selling it at the moment. He can't be trusted just yet moving forward. Like I said, I want to see more than a week. This is not a short sample size that he's had of of not playing up to his the standard that he set for himself. I need to see more than a week of that. That being said, like you said, though, it's really encouraging to see his barrel percentage at the 88th percentile. It's really encouraging to see his hard hit percentage in the 91st percentile. Those right. were numbers that were garbage the last two seasons. So yeah. I think the fact that we are even looking at this, I am more than happy to split the difference of, okay, he's not a first round pick. He's not a 10th round pick. So he's somewhere in the fifth, sixth round. I think that's totally fair. And I think that's where you can expect, but I'm still not, I'm still selling on the, I'm ready to trust him, leave him in my lineup untouched. And we're good for the rest of the year. 
I think he's a top 50 player right now, which is really okay. solid. Like yeah, he was a guy who was, I think is great. I think he was being drafted somewhere around 100 to 115 and justified. Yeah, right so yeah. Because I mean, he was garbage last year. I think he would be willing to admit that he was mm-hmm. not good. But the other thing I think we have to keep in mind with Cody Bellinger is that he had that shoulder injury and shoulder injuries take a long time. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're a hitter. doesn't matter if you're a pitcher. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant. Shoulder injuries take a long time to recover from. And I think we're starting to see him look healthy. We're seeing him drive the baseball. And I love the fact that he's running. Like this is Cody Bellinger. And the other thing, the other thing too, is because Cody Bellinger is such a strong outfielder, he's going to get those reps. The the Dodgers are going to have him in the lineup whenever they can, as long as he's not hitting like 130, 140. So yeah, I would say a top 50 player with a risk that he might only be like a top 75 player. But I think that worry that he is like done as a fantasy option, I have seen enough over this season and a little bit in the postseason last year too sure. to say that those times. I was going to bring that up. I was going to yeah. bring that up. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I agree with you there. Uh, and I think the other great thing about Bellinger is, again, he's a he's a member of the Dodgers. So yeah. he's continually going to have people on base. He's continually going to have man. lineup protection. These are all – I know he had those same two things the last two years and it didn't help <laughs> yeah. him. But right. if he is suddenly back to some semblance of himself in the box, he's got all the tools around him to make it to, – to punch inside the top 50, if not higher. For sure. If you are watching this show live, first off, thank you for the watch. But also, if you have any topics that you are not sure if you're buying or selling, please make sure you are writing this down. If you are listening to this in podcast form, please join us next week at 8.30 on Tuesday Eastern and uh, and join in on the conversation there. We'd really love to get uh, all of our listeners involved in the topics to make sure we can curtail this show just for you. Uh, Let's talk about Jacob deGrom here. Uh, I know that the unbelievably great and unfortunately unbelievably injured pitcher, uh, after his initial clean bill diagnosis, he got got rechecked the other day, showed significant healing, and I'm quoting on that front. Um, They are going to recheck him in three weeks. So now that he has at least gotten over the first step in his return, can we expect – when he comes back, that at the end of the season, Jacob DeGrom, for how good he is, even though he's only going to pitch for X number of months, can he still end up a top 30 starting pitcher? Are you buying or selling that? So I'm going to sell top 30 overall pitcher because of the fact that, look, it is super great. I'm going to steal a joke from uh, DJ Short that when I get that feeling, I get considerable healing. Um, When I get that feeling, I get considerable healing. I think that what we have to keep in mind here is is that he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Three weeks. So three weeks without even throwing is what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have to rebuild him. And then he's going to come back. So you're still talking about just doing the quick math here, like at best a half a season. Yes. It's very hard to be a top 30 pitcher in a half a season. Do I think he will be a top 30 pitcher by like overall rates and overall stats or points per game or however the heck you want to sort it? Oh, my goodness gracious, yes. Mm-hmm. When Jacob deGrom is healthy, he's the best pitcher in baseball. Yes. And it's not close. All due respect to some other guys. In fact, I think we'll talk about one of them in a second. Mm-hmm. Like as good as those guys are, Jacob deGrom just makes them pale in comparison. He is so good at missing bats, initiating weak contact when you do actually hit the ball. 
But because of the fact that I only think he's going to be able to make like a dozen starts at most, I can't call him a top 30 pitcher. I think he was right around that with a similar number of starts last year, though. So it's not out of the question. But unless he's on the mound by like June, I cannot see a way that Jacob DeGrom becomes a top 30 starting pitcher for 2022. So I put 30 on the list because he was 34 last year, despite oh, wow. despite <laughs> That's so stupid. a little more than a half a season because he was putting up borderline historic numbers That's before so he went stupid. down, which is nonsensical. But, so yes, as you say, all right, let's play this down. All right, so he sits for another three weeks. That put him that puts him at mid-May. Let's say everything is glossy in that front, and they say, okay, you can start throwing. Okay, mm-hmm. that means it's at least a three- to four-week ramp up for him not only to get back on the mound, yep. to, to start throwing all of his off-speed and breaking stuff, to then build his arm out enough for him to not only just be in the majors, but to be able to go four, five, six, potentially seven more innings. Right. That means we're talking basically at best – June 10th, like June 10th, June 15th here. And I, and I just don't know if not only when he comes back, um, does he, is he exactly the same Jacob deGrom that we saw last year? Obviously we just need to see him be healthy, of course. But the other aspect is right now, and again, it's super early in the season, so let's not read anything into it. Also it's the Mets, but the Mets are doing very well right now. I have one of the best records in baseball, if not the best. So we're talking about a Mets team that I don't know if they're going to particularly push Jacob DeGrom, the pedal, the pedal on him all that much. I expect mm-hmm. them to kind of ease him back as much as humanly possible, especially if they're doing this well record-wise come his return because they're all, all of a sudden going to start looking at, okay, we just need him to be ready to go. Him, Scherzer, 1-2 postseason, that's what we're looking at. If that suddenly looks a little – doesn't look quite like they're going to have to fight for it tooth or nail like they've mm-hmm. had to in years past. I could see them easing him in a little bit. And again, if that's the case from a fantasy perspective, he's not going to be able to get up inside the top 35. So I'm selling this as well, but yeah. 95% rostered in Yahoo leagues, 98% rostered in ESPN leagues. Everyone here already has Jacob DeGrom basically on a roster. If somehow you're in the 5% of leagues that doesn't yeah, throw him back him, on, man. but yeah, um, just cause it's so worth it in the end, but everyone out there who drafted him and are sitting on him in the hopes that he's going to be that second, that second half boom, when he comes back, it's possible. And that first we we've heard, we've got over the first hurdle. So we're off to a good start. Yeah. I think the other thing that's going to be big here is, it's kind of going to be up to Jacob DeGrom. You yes. know what I mean? Because the Mets do not want to make Jacob DeGrom upset. There's been a lot of talk about a possible contract extension. You know, this is obviously being weighed by the fact that when he's on the mound, he's the best pitcher in baseball. It hasn't been on the mound as a lot over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Worth pointing out that he was as durable as durable could be before Prior 2009. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those weird situations because, you know, pitchers, once they mm-hmm. lose that durability, it is often something that they don't bring back. But, yeah, I think a lot of this is going to depend on whether or not Jacob deGrom wants to be on the mound before the All-Star break. If he, if he, Or if he is somebody who is – and no, this is not an insult to Jacob deGrom whatsoever. If he wants to wait until the All-Star break to come back, he has earned that right to be a guy who wants to look after his health because he needs to get – one more long-term deal at least. So it's definitely not an insult to him at all. But the, I, if Jacob de Gabram decides to come back to the All-Star break, and again, the earliest we're talking about is June 10th. It's just hard for me to see him there, but it would not shock me one bit 
if he ended up by sorting by stats instead of overall yeah. stats that he's pitcher number one. Uh, free agent at the end of the season. So very much he has a lot of stake, not only in his in on the Mets and their outlook, but obviously his own personal outlook. Obviously going to have to weigh that with his health. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. The 2022 MLB season is underway, and NBC Sports Edge is giving our listeners a special offer. Get 22% off an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use the promo code BASIS22 before the end of the month. Get expert insight and access to tools that will give you an edge against your competition at one low price. So go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus and use promo code BASES22 at checkout to save big this season. That promo code again is BASES22. Let's celebrate, I think, a player and let's let's celebrate and look forward because, of course, we have to we have to obviously look into the future here. Miguel Cabrera, 3,000 hits. Yeah. Clap it up for the guy here. One of the best baseball players of this generation and one of my favorite hitters of all time, him and Pujols, the two of them stand out special for me when it comes to just making a baseball look like a beach ball in the batter. <laughs> he got his 3000 hit um, becoming the seventh player in MLB history to record 3000 hits and 500 home runs. Um, so let's start looking at the future here. And I started looking down the list of who is theoretically the next person who could break 3000. And I'm mm-hmm. going to give you, and I'm going to submit Freddie Freeman. So I'll put it to you here. Freddie Freeman will be the next player after Miguel Cabrera to record 3,000 hits. Buy or sell. Um, so this is kind of a tough one because I'm buying that if there is going to be a next one soon, mm-hmm. it would be Freddie Freeman. Okay. I'm just not 100% sure he's going to get there because of his age and because of the fact that he's going to draw a ton of walks still, which is going to mean that he gets on base a bunch, but you know, he still has to get something like 1200 hits. So I'll still say yes, just because I think that he can play another seven or eight years and get the necessary amount of hits. The next closest on the list to 3000 is Robinson Cano at his age and deteriorating skill set. There's no way I see him getting another 300 hits. I I hope I'm wrong because I really like Robinson Cano, despite Mm -hmm. his, 
um, suspension issues. I think he's one of the best second basemen that I've ever seen. He might be the best second baseman that I've actually watched play. And then next after that would be Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve looked like he was way on his way mm-hmm. to picking up that 3,000 hit, but his skill set is just, you know, he's, he's still a solid player, but that's a lot of hits for a player of his age. So if there's going to be somebody who gets it in the next seven to eight years, I'll say it's Freddie Freeman, but it wouldn't shock me if we're waiting a long time for this 3,000 hit. Freddie Freeman right now, 1,725 hits in and at age 32. He is on pace right now if he plays it until age 41. Has had at least 175 hits in six of his last eight seasons. That's not including the shortened 2020 MVP season where he had 73 hits in 60 games. So right. well on his way towards getting there. But like you mentioned with Cano, who obviously – had a short in 2020 season and then missed all of last year due to PEDs. I think that takes him out. I think he might've gotten there if it weren't for those two, you know, those two instances and the first PED suspension as well. I don't know. I I think he probably gets there now at age 39 needs 370 more hits. That's going to be real tough to do. Although a universal DH might help a little bit on that cause a little bit. But like Freeman, again, 175 hits and all of those, like that should put him there around age 40, 41 if he's able to get somewhere close to that. So we he might be he might get close. Altuve, like you said, seven uh seventeen hundred and eighty-three hits at age thirty-two. He's got a shot. Uh I, I found this very interesting. Elvis Andrus at only age thirty-three has eighteen seventy-five. Yeah. And uh, I know that that would be the dark the dark horse of dark horses to potentially get to 30,000. But um, he is at only age 33. Could he theoretically keep around for another seven, eight years and get there? I think tough, but possible. Yeah. Machado at age 29 has nearly 1500 hits. He's that got the I next best is, shot. To I me. think very much that is within the realm, uh, the realm of possibility. Trout at only age 30 is right behind them with 1450 hits. Again, if he could stay healthy, I think he could almost write Trout in for three thousand. But that health has been a concern over the last few years. Yeah, and then if and then Arenado at thirty one has just shy of fourteen hundred. Again, he'd have to he'd have to hang around for a while. But I love the way that that bat I think can play out in the future, especially sure. with a universal DH. I think that could play. But like you said, if you want to expand it out further. Wander Franco looks absolutely, I know he's got a long, long way to go, but he, he is does. absolutely going yeah. to have that conversation. Juan Soto, For I sure. mean, if, unfortunately, walks, like you said, with Freddie Freeman kill you. But boy, yeah. uh, if Juan Soto can get any type of line of protection where people have to pitch to him, he can yeah. get there because he's just an elite bat. Ozzy Albies, Vlad Jr., like these guys are all super young, have a bunch of hits. Ozzy Albies, I found very interesting 650 hits and only age 26 mm-hmm. i think that one could be really interesting in the next few years but all of this suffice to say it is incredibly difficult to get the 3000 we're so talking crazy. about some of the best players in the game and we're still not talking about all of them getting there so wow, I mean, that just shows you how difficult it's difficult it's going to be that being said i'm going to buy that freddie freeman gets there i think he's I think his skill set looks like it's continuing a little further than Miguel mm-hmm. Cabrera's, which seemed like around this time, 33, 34, we start to see a little tail off. Freddie Freeman has looked strong every single year for the last few. I think he could throw a couple years past that and get right. there. So the, the, the concern I have actually with Freeman too is whether or not he's going to be a guy who embraces the designated hitter position because it's mm, something that – it's something that he's going to have to play at some point. And, you know, he's got 
another five years on his deal. So he's obviously going to play through that, I think. But then it's not going to be five years for him to pick up uh, another 1,275 hits. He's going to have to play, hang on into that age where your skill set really deteriorates. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this is a guy who's hit 341, 300 and is hitting 328 over his last season. Yeah. So certainly has the talent to do it. I hope he is the one to do it because I really like Freddie Freeman. I can't believe he's not in Atlanta Brave. He gets his 3,000 hit in Atlanta. I'm calling oh, it now. <laughs> I'm calling it now, and everybody cries. All right, oh, let's yeah. do. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go. We we got one more real one, and then I got like two fun ones here. So let's okay. do this here. Let's get them quick. Despite, despite his strong start on Sunday, where he threw six and two-thirds innings against Cleveland, giving up no runs, striking out nine and walking one, are you buying or selling that Garrett Cole, despite his good outing, is no longer the top starting pitcher in fantasy. So I think he's still a starting pitcher one. I don't think he's the starting pitcher one. And the reason is, is not so much about Garrett Cole struggling over a whole 18 innings. And again, looked good in that last start. I just think Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Max Scherzer has looked so good for the Mets. And, you know, he looked so good again for the Dodgers over that second half of the season. And it's a culmination Obviously, this is a future Hall of Famer who I think has won three or four Cy Young. So it's not like this is out of nowhere. But I think that because of what Max Scherzer is doing, he's the starting pitcher one to me. And Garrett Cole is either like two or three. Still very good. But I got to go with Max Scherzer right now. Honestly, with Cole, I'm struggling a little bit to put him inside my top five right now. And that's Mm. mainly because – and again, that's partly because he has not been the same Garrett Cole since this – Sticky tack stuff kind of came out a ERA north of four since June 3rd, 2021, which is when the sticky tack stuff started happening. Um, again, in his last start, gave up four walked four hitters and threw 43 pitches in the second inning against Detroit, could not get out of that inning. Um, he has just not quite shown the command that we're used to seeing from Garrett Cole. So that coupled with Shane Bieber back and looking just as good as he did when he left. I mean, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, um, obviously Scherzer. I mean, there's, there's so many good starting pitchers out there right now. Garrett Cole used to be able to step above them because he struck out everybody and didn't walk anyone. And right now he's still striking out people, but walks are up, hits are up, home runs are up. I just worry a little bit more if we're talking about fantasy and especially fantasy in the top one through five, one through seven of starting pitching. Like we have to start nitpicking here and I'm, I'm struggling to put him in my top five. Like I still have him at four, uh, but he's not starting pitcher one for me. I'm selling that. I think you're getting a little bit of Yankee-itis here a little bit with the Garrett Cole. Oh, I, because, I feel like I'm usually because, pretty good with my yankee because, because, because you just mentioned Zach Wheeler, who has an ERA double of what Garrett Cole does right now. Um, it, I get it. He's okay, not Zach been Wheeler, the same. Zach Wheeler, not the right. I'm using <laughs> okay. Zach Wheeler's so, last year okay. as, as, my, as my basis. I believe but that even, that's coming back. Even still, like, look at, I mean, he's eight, walked eight ERA batters. over four since June 3rd of last year. I understand. But a lot of the struggles this year came against a start in Detroit where he just clearly didn't have his best command. And he hasn't had his best command I mean, yet. Three earned I, in his uh, first two games. I would say that Garrett Cole is going to be – just fine, but he's not Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball that's, right now. It's not SP1, and that's where yeah. we're at. I agree with For that. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get to a couple fun ones here. Um, and let's start with this one. 
Nike has it with Nike has officially figured out the City Connect jersey line. Are you buying it or selling it? After the Royals one just came out the other day. Okay, so I'm going to do something here. I have not seen the Kansas City one, but you have not. So I want to live. I haven't. That. I haven't seen it right now. I'm clicking on it right now. I this is this is this is great theater. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I mean it's good. I think they hit the nail on the head with the Washington Nationals one. That is the best one I think they've seen. How do you Space feel City, about the Houston? How do you, Space how do you feel City about was Space City was fine. I really like the hat. Um, oh, and that. the, uh, and I like the, I like the font. Okay. I'm looking at these Kansas city ones. They're certainly not horrible. I, oh man, they still got a way to go up to making up for the Boston UCLA Bruins jerseys. I'm just going to be honest with you. Those are so, I want you to know, Chris, I was reading an article today on ESPN, just cause I was looking up, just make sure I had all of the list of all the city connects that they had. They had the Boston one ranked third. Oh, that's bad. And that's I was like, real in bad. what world? No. Because I lighter still... yellow one is third. Yeah, yeah. But that's I, a, that's I mean, a we, bad the Chicago White Sox south side one, I absolutely loved. But other than it's that, fine. last year, I didn't like yeah. any of the ones from last year. Well, see, I really liked the Arizona one last year. Okay, the I Arizona one, I'm good with. I'm, yeah. I take Which, that back. That's good. We kind of forget about it because yeah. we just kind of try to forget about the Diamondbacks. Arizona, yeah. Being completely honest with you. I like this. It's got kind of an old school feel to it, the Kansas City one. I think they're on the right track, but I still think that we can do better. I, I, I can't help but imagine that there are some teams that they're just kind of holding back a little bit that we're going to see some A++ ones. The, the Nationals is the closest one. My only issue with the Nationals one there should be more pink in it. If you're gonna embrace uh, the cherry blossoms, yeah, embrace the cherry blossoms, man. Like, like go all in, go dip set Cameron, pink it up. And uh, boy, I just showed my age a little bit there talking about dip set and pink and Cameron. But um, <laughs> but yeah, they're on the right track. There's no, there's none of the uniforms have been like hot crap like the the Boston Red Sox one, but. Wrigleyville, Wrigleyville yeah. was a bad yeah. one. Wrigleyville was like, I do not like the Giants one. I oh, don't no. understand. Way that one. too much. They lean too much into. Who thought yeah. Creamsicle after <laughs> how everyone hates the Tampa Bay Bucks throwback? Who's yes. still looking at Creamsicle? Well, here's the thing. I almost wonder if that hurt their design with the Nationals one because everybody was like, "That's too much flipping too much orange." Yeah. So, so then we didn't go too much pink. But I think they're on the right track. This isn't. Bad. I'm not overwhelmed. I, I don't think I'll be picking up this hat. It looks a little too much like uh, like an old Philadelphia Philly hat, to be completely honest with you. And there's nothing wrong with the Phillies. It's just eh, uh, meh. Eh. So, Rockies, Angels, Brewers, and Padres still to come this year. So I can't wait for we, the Brewers. The I mean, Brewers, Brewers one be I think sick. Brewers one and Rockies one in particular, yeah. I think could be really fun. And I don't know yeah. how how fryer you get with the San Diego one, but like yeah. that could be interesting as well. Although For that sure. being said, a lot of people love that like dark brown jersey of the Padres. Not yeah. a big, not a huge fan uh, on my end here. So if people I lean like into that, I might be out, but uh, we'll see. Yep, I, Rockies and Brewers though. I'm all about it. All right. So let's end on this one quick here. Some just some new story. And again, we're neither of us are scientists here, so I'm not going to pretend anything otherwise, but the athletic came out with a piece today that essentially was talking about baseball's tinkering of baseball. The baseball yeah. right now is with humidors in all parks. Uh, I'm trying to get into these stats. Barrels are coming up two feet shorter in stadiums that had a humidor last season. 
and stadiums that just installed humidor barrels are coming up 10 feet shorter despite the highest average exit velocity in baseball history right now. Oakland, by the way, has lost 24 feet on barrels so far this year on, on average per barrel, which is already a crime considering that offense is garbage and that field is monstrous. Right. So I'll buy, I'll, I'll let you buy or sell this here. Major league baseball's tinkering of the baseball is ruining baseball buy or sell. Uh, if I had to do one or the other, I'm kind of buying it. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. It's it's kind of a a weird situation here because we are going to complain no matter what. Because here's the thing. Outs lead to faster games. And everybody has complained a long time. Not me, because I don't mind it. Because I have no life. I have no children. I don't mind watching a four-hour baseball game. The alternative for me is you know, playing solitaire on my computer. So I don't mind it, but everyone else the, hates is the, that the alternative for you. Oh, solitaire well, my internet always isn't really good. And I know that <laughs> solitaire, I know that solitaire can load up without me having an internet connection. So it's one of the alternatives anyway, but Someone send Chris a video game, please, yeah, yeah, please, please do. But just know <laughs> that it may not connect. Um, I, so everybody, so this is leading to faster baseball games. And I think people like that, but I'm a believer in fair. I like fair. And if you hit the baseball hard, you should be rewarded for it. And these humidors, man, it's clearly playing a factor. And I, I read that article as well. It's very good work. Very good. I highly recommend Especially Eno, who, you know, isn't the greatest guy. No, I'm just kidding. I love Eno. Um, it is very clearly a combination of the fact that it's very cold out right now, everywhere, pretty much, mm -hmm. is uh, something that we're going to have to deal with as climate change. You know, it's not going away. So you're going to see more of this. So adding on to the fact that we're playing early baseball games, it's cold. They've probably manipulated the baseball on top of that as well. It's not good. And I want to see hitters, if they make hard contact, rewarded for that hard contact it's also one of the reasons why i've kind of come around on the shift that if you make hard contact with a baseball with how much movement there is on these baseballs and stuff like that i used to be completely anti-changing the shift now i think because baseball pitchers are so good you have to have something for it i want to see these guys rewarded and you're not going to reward them if you are manipulating the baseball playing these cold weather games which is just something you can't do anything about and the fact that you're putting these baseballs in a humidor, it's not a great look. I really think that we're going to have to probably put that to a minimum. Yes, I agree with all of that. I'm buying this as well. Look, baseball, the baseball should be a simple thing. And it seems somehow yeah. we've made this a much more a much more convoluted conversation than it needs to be. Yes. It's, I mean, we, we had PSI conversations about a football, but that's about it. Like that's yeah. it. We don't, we're not changing football, the, the, the structure, the the leather, the laces, we're not changing anything about that. Somehow with a baseball, though, we are constantly fiddling and touching. Last year, we had the two-ball controversy, two different baseballs being used. We had the juice ball of 2019 and then the deaded ball of last year, of 2020. Like, why is this so complicated than it needs to be? I, I, I think the fact that we continue to try and tinker with this, there are plenty of ways to fix the game. Trying to touch the baseball seems like the worst way to try and go about doing that. So... To me, again, you talk about fair. I like fair. The same baseball being used everywhere seems like a pretty fair, fair. conversation yeah. to have. 100%. And I don't know why we're suddenly having this. And again, if average exit velocity is at its highest it's ever been 
and this is the and this is the in the Statcast era, and this is the basically the most drag we've ever had on the ball in the Statcast era. That means the ball is off, and we need to fix yeah. it. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It won't happen this year, but it needs to be fixed. And somehow, this needs to not be a conversation every single year. You and I have been doing this for almost this is our third season. We've had a yeah. baseball conversation about the structure of a baseball three different times. We shouldn't be having that. It's, it's no. nonsense to me. So yes, baseball continuing to try and butts with the ball is ruining baseball, or it's at least it, helping. It's helping get there, and it's just creating. Baseball seems to love to create its own problems. Like there's yeah. problems with every sport. There is a complaint that I can give you about every single sport. No, easily, but yeah. no sport truly dives in to make things works <laughs> or create their own problems like baseball does. Yeah, and it's just frustrating to watch because there is so much good in the sport. There is so much good young talent. There are all-time greats playing this sport right now, like Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols. It's a perfect mix of it. And what we're talking about right now is baseballs being put in a humidor. Come on. Just yeah. just leave the sport alone when you can leave the sport alone. Homers are going to happen. We are stronger than ever, and we are throwing harder than ever. Yeah. It's okay. Adapt with the game. The way to not adapt. The way to adapt with the game is not making the baseball a subject every single flipping year. Preach, Chris. Preach. But Thanks. that just about finishes up our show for today. If you're moving to our groove, make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you really like it, you know, send us a couple of those uh, Washington National City Connect hats. We love those too. Uh, and while you're at it, make sure you follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows so you can join in on the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Caldo Live, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow as Chris invites Chris Towers of CBS Sports onto the pod, so make sure you don't miss it. So until then, stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for listening. No humidor can contain Dom Smith. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.